Welcome to Licking Non-Vanilla, a sex-positive hour of talk about kink, sexual mores, and writing dirty words. So grab a cup of cocoa, your favorite easy chair, and the lube as we go sailing into the dark, sweet waters of all things naughty on Licking Non-Vanilla with your hosts, Ralph Greco Jr. and M. Christian. So hello, everybody. Welcome to the maiden voyage, right, Chris? This is the first one of Licking Non-Vanilla. This is the very first one, wow. exactly. We're all new at this. Right, we're, uh, we're dipping in the tip, right? Just the tip, Chris. And um, <laughs> a salvo across the bow, as they say. And uh, this is um, going to be beginning of uh, what we hope will be a long stretch of shows we do for people. And uh, you want to introduce me and I'll introduce you? Sure, sure. Okay. You go ahead. Um, uh, you flip a coin. I'm okay. verbally gamed either one. Okay, well, across from me is M. Christian. Uh, he's known as uh, Chris to his friends, so you guys have to call him M. Christian. Um, <laughs> he's a writer extraordinaire, uh, editor, Aww. anthologist, all-around great guy, teacher, um, bon I mean, I could go on and on here, of course. And uh, <laughs> and Chris and I have known each other well, longer than we want to remember, but uh, mm-hmm. quite a long time. And that's M. Christian over there. And I'll, I'll tell you more about him as we go on, and he'll tell you about himself, too. Cool. Thank you so much, Ralphie. And from the wilds of New Jersey, wilds. I present Ralph, <laughs> Ralph Greco. Sorry? Yep. The wilds. You're right about the wilds. Exactly. The, the, the untamed wilderness that is New Jersey. Um, and yeah, let's see if I can make Ralphie blush, which isn't all that hard. But Ralphie <laughs> yeah. is a wonderful person, sweeter True. than anything. True. A fantastic writer, wonderful you know, um, columnist, journalist, um, musician. And now you're doing a cartoon, uh, comic book, which we'll talk yeah, about. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, and the writer of several very well-received plays, which I think is just fantastic i just you know i think that's wonderful um but yeah we're, i'm excited about this me too me too really anytime we get to talk about each other to each other is always <laughs> fantastic because whether, whether we are anybody a mutual else appreciation listens, society right who cares if anybody else listens you know but uh do you, do you, chris do you remember when we met you know, I don't. I have a horrible memory anyway. I mean, I'm one of those people where people walk up and say, yeah, we spent that wild night together. And so I'm like, what? What's your name again? Right, I mean, right. my memory's horrible anyway. So, uh, But I know it was a convention. I can't remember yeah. which one it was. It was the first Why Not. It was in 2009. Oh, that's right. Yeah. In San Francisco. San Francisco that's yeah. right. Thank you. Yeah. At the time, Chris lived in, in the Bay Area. He did for a long time. And uh, mm-hmm. why not was a convention. Now I've been exiled to Eugene, Oregon. Right, he's been exiled. <laughs> he had, had, a, he had a, like Napoleon. You had to go to Elba. Um, exactly. But what happened was we um, we attended. Um, it, it was for industry people of adult industry. So in other words, writers and mm-hmm. and uh, website makers and candlestick makers and all that kind of stuff. And uh, not so much talent. And that's where Chris and I met. But Chris, you and I mm-hmm. had. We, you and I had had correspondence at least a year before because I was sending you stuff. Oh, for several frequ- years, I yeah, think. I, I think mean, several years. You know, for, I mean, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For frequently felt when you were writing, for, you had the frequently felt blog, and mm-hmm. we, we always joke about this because Chris, Chris was one of my main 
rejectors. He he rejected me on a consistent <laughs> basis. <laughs> um, and then we met at Why Not. Make me feel bad. Well, no, <laughs> no, but but that's that. You will get back to this point in a little bit. But but so you went to Why Not at that point because you had heard about it the way I did, or you were how how did you get there? Well, if I remember correctly, I was actually writing for them. Oh, okay. Um, or or this is maybe I, I was. For not very long time, I was writing for Why Not. Mm-hmm. And as Ralphie said, it's a adult entertainment industry journal, which mm-hmm. means you're writing about all this, you know, sexy stuff, but you never get to write about the actual sexy stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But um, I think that was what it was. I know also um, they had asked me to help with the con. So right. I think that's probably, you know, during that time. I can't remember, frankly, you know, how I got connected there. But go ahead. No, I was interested because we, we – because you know what happened? I, I we hooked up with. Well, I went with a friend who I was working with at the time, and then somebody mm-hmm. said, "Oh, Christian's here. Christian's here." And I said, "Well, I got to meet this guy." And mm-hmm. I think somebody ran downstairs to get you, and you came up, and I was like, you know, it was love at first sight, of course. And I was like, "There's the guy. I love that guy." You know, and he's, you're the guy who rejects me all the time, and we just, but we got along like a house on fire. We really did. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. You were, weren't you driving we've for the... we great pals ever since. Yeah, we did. You were driving for the mushroom truck? Was that what you were doing at that point, part-time? Oh, boy, yeah. One of my, one of my more more um, acclaimed occupations was for, when was it, about a year and a half or so, I drove uh, a delivery truck for an organic mushroom farm. And no, they weren't the magic kind. They were the regular kind. <laughs> That's the regular so kind. So I love to put that on my resume. You know, it's like... You know, and you know, ambassador to you know some you know foreign country and international jewel thief. And by the way, I grew up on a mushroom truck. Yeah, I remember that. I mean, it's another it's another point we got we got to point out when we get into this because Chris and I are really by trade we're mainly writers. I mean, I'm a musician too, but mm-hmm. it starts from the writing, and uh, we'll get into some of that, uh, mm-hmm. and we'll demystify that pretty quickly. Um, but you know, one of the things you do as a writer. Um, is you you get other gigs to supplement the writing sometimes. Mm-hmm. We've both mm-hmm. been there, right? And Chris could tell you some really interesting oh. stories. Oh, we'll go on to that in the future. But yeah, I mean, it's like every time a writer usually says, oh, I'm a full-time writer, there's usually a little bit of finagling in there mm-hmm. somewhere. I mean, there's usually like, oh, by the way, I substitute teach or right. drive for a lift or drive a mushroom truck. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, well, you know. Um, so... And the only other thing I was thinking about this whole this whole thing about us meeting was, and we've said this once, we've said this a thousand times about, because if I had taken those rejections to heart, which you can't when you're a writer, or you're anybody, really, any rejection, right? Um, I wouldn't have been so interested in meeting you and so open to meeting you, right? Because I would have said, well, this guy rejects me. He doesn't, he obviously hates me, right? And we, but we've said this a million times. You just, you can't start to or ever burn a bridge in any business. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and I think, you know, we, we're, we're, we're standing testament to that all the time. We never burn a bridge for, because we, we, we're generally like people, we're nice people, but you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? We should speak to absolutely. that, I think, a little bit. Don't you think about that whole idea oh, of burning bridges? I completely agree. I completely agree. I mean, you know, I mean, it's one of those things that's like, it, it shouldn't have to be said, but it really needs to be said that, any kind of relationship, I think we're kind of like almost a living testament to that because, like Ralphie sweetly pointed out, I was a horrible person and a righteous bastard when Absolutely. I rejected him. But, <laughs> but I mean, I mean, I, I, I was just a cruel, heartless guy. I mean, but you know, the fact of the matter is, it's like Ralphie said, it's like you know, when you're a writer or anything creative for that matter, you can't have 
too thin a skin. Now, you should always, you know, stand up for yourself and something doesn't work out, you just go away. But at the same time, it's like, you know, if you burn a bridge, if you just, like, cheese off somebody, it'll really come back to bite you because a variety of reasons. One is we talk to each other, homeless mm-hmm. editors and such. Right. And two, it's like, not to sound mercenary, but you never know what connection will actually come through. I mean, you know, you have stories like this, Ralphie, and I definitely do, where you'll be sitting around and it's years after you had corresponded with someone or met them at an event, and suddenly this email pops in your mailbox that says, hey, remember that conversation we had back then? And I'm doing a project. Would you like to be involved? I mean, absolutely. It's, it just kind of proves it's like, you know, you know, treating people well and with respect really is the way to go. Yeah, and uh, you, you said it the other day we were talking on the phone uh, about nice guys finish last. No, they don't. You know, mm-hmm. nice guys finish nice. You know, and mm-hmm. and I think that it's important. Mm-hmm. And 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 also in this day and age, when you can so easily find somebody or contact somebody, you know, mm-hmm. if you get a reputation as being not so great to work with, or you know, mm-hmm. uh, or always burning a bridge, it's gonna it's gonna go far and wide very quickly. You know, mm-hmm. and also you know we we've where I would say we're not in contact with everybody we've been in contact with because some people yeah. it doesn't work out, but that's okay too, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Right, right. Yep, absolutely. I mean, you know, sometimes relationships fade, um, but fading is not the same thing as slamming a door. Um, mm-hmm. Because fading, sometimes people will just simply like they get busy, they get distracted, something happens in their home life, so they're not actually like slamming a door. It just it just kind of closes on its own. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but you're completely right. It's like, you know, I think, you know, that's why I think being there's like this dance of being professional, but also respectful. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the big thing. I mean, you know, I don't want to brag, uh, but I'm a writer first and a publisher and editor second. Mm-hmm. And I, I have to be honest with you. It really tears me up when I do an anthology or a website and I have to reject people because I'm a writer. I know how that feels. Right, right. You know, it's like. And, you know, I'm, I always try and cushion the blow as much as possible. I don't tell some of their work, to, you know, sucks. Right. I say, you know, you know, that didn't work, you know, best of luck and thank you very much. I mean, a little kindness goes a long way. And who knows? I mean, you know, if you treat writers or other people cruelly or dismiss them, again, that's a relationship that just now will no, go, no longer go anywhere. And you know, it, it, the other thing I was thinking about this too, about not burning a bridge is to, and you're saying at the heart of this is to be, you know, kind, but we say this constantly because again, in this day and age when you can contact anybody in any kind of way you want to, I never understand the not getting back to me thing. Now this, I hear this across the board from so many different kinds of businesses, you know what I'm saying? Like not just our business, but like the music business and uh, every business Somebody goes for a job and somebody says, oh, I'm really interested. And, you know, and, and that, dro- th- that happens sometimes where it just does, it's not a fit and mm-hmm. it doesn't work. But there's multiple times, and I'm looking at two people right now, the producers here, and they're shaking their heads. <laughs> yes. Um, and it happens all the time to all of us. I don't understand, especially in this day and age, why you can't just email someone back and say, look, you know what? Didn't work out. Or we'll get back to you next mm-hmm. week or whatever. But how many times mm-hmm. have you sent something out and ha- don't hear a word? Especially when some oh. or would it would a client that says, I need this, and you come back to ask mm-hmm. them a question, they don't get back to mm-hmm. you. And then weeks later they say, Where is it? And you're like, Well, I asked you the I, I needed this information before I went forward. I don't understand mm-hmm. it. Like I but, mm-hmm. but but then again, people are on their cell phones answering any, you know, like doing all this other 
you know, just stuff that has nothing to do with business. I don't know under, why people don't mm -hmm. attend to that stuff. Can, I don't know. What, what's your experience in that? Oh, believe me, I completely agree. That's one of the biggest frustrations, I think, about being a freelance writer right now. I mean, it's not things like dealing with editors or, you know, assignments, though that can be a little annoying. 90% um, of the time, it's just people who don't treat the job professionally, I right. guess. And I'm trying not to be, like, judgmental, because I know some things happen, and some people are not good about communication and so forth. But really, it doesn't take much to just dash off a message saying, sorry, it didn't work out, or I'm busy, I'll get back to you, right. something similar. And it's... And I can also, sort to a certain degree, understand it because, like I said, you know, rejecting someone is not easy. And sometimes people have a tendency to think it's easier not to respond. But it also just kind of like, once again, kind of gives up sour relationship. I mean, mm -hmm. I'm going to speak for you, Ralphie. We're professionals. So when someone says it doesn't work out, we're not going to like, you know, go on social media and say this person is horrible. It's right. just like, okay, it worked, didn't work out, but. When they don't respond, you don't know what you did wrong. You don't know what's going on. And it can be really emotionally not fun. Right. Yeah, it just kind of kicks your ass a little bit, you know, because especially if mm -hmm. you've done a certain amount of work, I, 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 I see this. I, I mean, this, this, this is, I write, you know this. I write for a company that happens to, I do some ghostwriting for, and there's been instances mm -hmm. where a client will pay them for the whole project, which is a mm -hmm. considerable amount of money. I get halfway done with the project and the client disappears. But they've paid for the mm -hmm. whole project. Now that's thousands mm -hmm. of dollars I throw you know the person's thrown out that they don't get the, mm -hmm. the product for at the end of the day. I, and I mm -hmm. I don't have thousands of dollars to waste like that. I don't understand any how what anybody would. But but then mm -hmm. again, that's one of those instances where you may get into thinking, Oh, I'm gonna write a book, I'm gonna write a book, and we all know how difficult that becomes mm -hmm. over time. Oh yeah, absolutely. What, what did, what, and I completely agree with you. It's like I mean it's even more insult to injury is when, you know, it does, I mean, you can understand to a certain extent, sending out a cold resume, which I do all the time because yeah. that's part of being a freelance writer. Right. Um, and yeah, I know you do the same thing. It's like, oh, there's a website, there's something like this, it might be fun to write for, here's my resume, and they don't respond. Well, that's not a huge deal because that's a major thing. But what drives me crazy, I know what drives you crazy, is when you start to negotiate and then it gets kind of like, oh, we're interested, or do you have a nice long phone call? And then they ghost you. It's like, seriously, what happened? I mean, yeah. you know, it's yeah. like, you know, I mean, once again, I can understand a little message saying, sorry, you don't work. It didn't work out, but just nothing. And sometimes after, unfortunately, a good amount of work. Yeah. And, and, and again, you know, this is one thing that Chris and I talked about before we even, as we were developing this show, um, we had done something like this before for uh, another mm -hmm. smaller venue. And that was mainly about sex writing, uh, which is something mm -hmm. we teach at the, at the kink events. And we'll, we'll talk about that. But what we wanted to do with this show is to make it about, you know, uh, naughty stuff and fun stuff, but also <laughs> and informed by the writing. Cause that's what we do. That's what we are. Um, mm -hmm. But, but not, to be only about that, so everybody could kind of tune in and maybe get something from the show. And what we're talking about here is just mm -hmm. business, common business sense, I think, um, regardless of what business mm -hmm. you're in. Call people back, get in touch with them, don't leave somebody hanging, don't burn a bridge. These are all really, I think, just perfectly, you know, sane, salient messages about how to act, right? I mean, I would think so. Mm -hmm. But um, we do, we do, uh, another thing that Chris and I do, as we teach at kink conventions. So I guess we should talk oh, yes. about, we should talk a little bit about that craziness and how much mm -hmm. fun that is. Actually, Chris and I Oh, absolutely. I mean, really Chris, what's the only reason we go to those conventions? 
Oh, I hate to say this because, I mean, it's funny, it's honest, and I, I do believe in being honest, yeah. but it's funny because we've gone to maybe, what, a dozen or so now over the I years? So, yeah, I, mean, I think so. I mean, you know, we're, I have to say we're very honored when this happens because, Absolutely. you know, we're not huge in the BDSM world, and kink is not something, I mean, we write about it, right. you know, and, you know, um, you know, both fiction and nonfiction, but... Um, it's really sweet when they ask us to come out to their event and teach for them, which we always enjoy. Absolutely. But to be honest, we really kind of like it because we get to hang out together. That's all. That's the only reason we go. Really, <laughs> that's the number one reason we go to Vegas is hanging out with Chris. But the funny thing is, Chris, tell about Vegas. When we go to Vegas, what do we usually do at night? Oh, go to sleep. I mean, it's <laughs> that's like exactly you know, happens, it's like yeah. we're not like you know, every blue moon. You know, we'll we'll do something like when we went to that one show last last time. Yeah. yeah. Um, but most of the time, it's like, oh yeah, we're we're swinging dudes. We're like, you know, rolling dice, and you know, no, sorry, it's like we're in bed. <laughs> I think I, mean, I think I think we were like, we were nine. Remember, we went down because it was the first time we went down to the, to uh, Fremont together, and mm-hmm. we were walking around, and it was in February, so it's dark. We didn't know what time it was, and you looked mm-hmm. at your watch like Ralphie. I don't even want to tell you what time it is because we were exhausted, right? And it was like seven thirty mm-hmm. in Vegas, and we're going. Let's go back to the room, you know. And I think we got like, did we get like checks mix? We got like check snack mix and a couple of waters. Mm-hmm. And we just kind of like hung out, watched TV till like ten o'clock, and then went to sleep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we are we are the wildest kinksters in the world. Let me tell you, you know. But it, but that's fun though. I mean, to you and I, that's what we do. But the last time Absolutely. we did, didn't we walk through the dungeon the last time? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, we did. I mean, I can't remember. It was one of those uh, Vegas conventions. You're right. And we walked around. And, you know, that's one thing I like about these conventions. They're always sweet. The people are always great. Absolutely. I mean, you know, we have very little or zero complaints. In fact, some of these places treated us so well. We're like, oh, my God. I mean, do you, have you, do you know who we are? Right. Yeah. We, we are not who you think we are. Right, right. What are you, exactly. free meals? Like, I feel free, like it's like. Yeah, right. Absolutely. We've, we've been very I well. I feel like, the, you know, the prince and the pauper. I feel like, you know, they're going to realize we're not that big a deal, yeah, right? right? Right, don't, don't say anything. Yeah. yeah, we're like looking for the exits for when they discover we're, you know, we're not like some big right. deal. Right. And, yeah, the last time we, because we, we always, we try to, Maybe once in a while we'll take a trek through the dungeon, which is, if mm-hmm. it's held in a hotel, it's usually some converted hotel ballroom, mm-hmm. and that's where they set up spanking benches and uh, mm-hmm. St. Andrew, Andrew's crosses and uh, mm-hmm. you know, all that kind of stuff. And Chris and I, purely for research purposes, we we take a trek <laughs> through the uh, through the dungeon, right, Chris? When we uh, yeah. You know, Yep, and we see a lot research. of research. Yep, research, yep. complete research. We're standing by that. We're completely standing by right, that. No, right. we're just doing research. research. That's all. And we and there's usually a <laughs> there's usually a medical room set up, which is usually what, something we do not step into the medical room because the stuff that's happening in there is pretty interesting. I forgot about needles anyway. <laughs> yeah, I don't like needles. Neither Chris and I. Don't. But there's a and people in various forms of undress and you know and mm-hmm. and and there's usually in the in the and I'm I'm. Not sure about this, Chris. You can correct me, but there's not usually any actual sex happening in those rooms, right? It depends. I mean, okay. sometimes they do, but sometimes they're not. But uh, by and large, I mean, once again, I mean, this is just our observation, yeah. and your mileage may vary. But yeah, right. mostly it's like there's some groups that actually do more sex play than those than others. Mm-hmm. And I have to say, I mean, not to steer it away for a moment, but if you're into kink or you're just curious about kink, I highly recommend checking out some of these events. They're easy to find. 
Um, and sometimes they're a little hardcore and maybe not for beginners. Other ones are perfectly welcome. So if you're curious about King, BDSM, Master Slave, Bondage, all that kind of stuff, seriously check them out, and especially if it's in your hometown or nearby because you don't have to pay for the hotel. Yeah, and there's and there's another thing that happens a lot too in the in these in the in the community. There are these things called munches, and I know you've been to one or two, yes. Chris. And these are just yep. these are just mm-hmm. get-togethers at a diner or a bar, you know, or mm-hmm. a little restaurant where people get and they don't play. They just get together mm-hmm. and meet, and then you kind of maybe find a yep. partner or something, and uh, that's mm-hmm. how people meet too. But like Chris said, there's a degree to these things. Sometimes certain conventions are based around. Uh, like a heavy leather scene. So that yep. may not be the one for you to jump into if you're just starting. Mm-hmm. And there's other yeah, there's ones. There's one that's just about dominant. There's one about, there's one only, if I think about female dominant. That's the, that's you're right. the there's a bunch com, there's right? the, the leather LA. community. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a dom com. And some of them are more general. Yeah. Right. So you can find what you're looking for uh, and, you know, whatever the kink. And when you go to these conventions, there's usually a if if it's a one we're like we're talking about if it's one that's kind of with a lot of variety you will find a mm-hmm. whole range of interests and kinks being mm-hmm. being you know being done there and talked about and taught about because Chris and I um, we teach a variety of classes um, we try to t- but we try to touch on a whole bunch of things and usually our mm-hmm. classes are of an would you say our classes are more like a 101 introductory nature right absolutely absolutely yeah, yeah we're, we don't do the I mean, in fact, you were just talking about that. We don't do the hardcore stuff because, one, it's hardcore. I mean, yeah. frankly, you should learn the basics before doing that kind of stuff. Right. But, yeah, we do everything from polyamory to bondage to rhythm play to clothespins, uh, breast play. I can't remember anymore. And writing. A um, whole bunch of them. But teach writing, writing is our favorite. Well. I was saving that for last. I was yeah. saving that for last. that's the fun one, right? We love, the, we love to teach about writing. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a lot of fun. We... We uh we get our most we probably get our most high from that, but we've mm-hmm. we've taught around the 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 around around the uh, the the sphere as it was as it were mm-hmm. as it was <laughs> about as much as we can. <laughs> but you know, since we err on the side of of safety, um, mm-hmm. we have been and and I'll be honest with you, as Chris will be with you too. We we we've been criticized for not being hardcore enough. Mm-hmm. Um. And we just we which I think is odd, but you know yeah, uh, because we've gotten both people come up to and say, "Well, that was a great class. I never knew about that stuff. I want to try that." And we have other mm-hmm. people come and say, "You know, that's a little. It wasn't because what happens in these classes is that you get demo bottoms, which are uh, guys or girls who come up in the front of the class, and you get mm-hmm. to perpetrate on them what you're talking about. And uh, sometimes. We, we and Chris and I are always very respectful. Chris is the one who demonstrates. He's very respectful and very soft. So, like some some young mm-hmm. lady comes up and bares her breasts. Chris is very easy with the clothespins or the swatting or whatever it happens to be. But the problem is that a lot of people come to these classes for a voyeuristic thrill, and they want to see mm-hmm. something hardcore. We don't we don't provide that. So mm-hmm. that's we get criticism mm-hmm. for that. But we we're not going to. I don't think we can change. I mean, we just we we err on mm-hmm. the side of always being safe, and that's where we start from the safety. Mm-hmm. You know, um, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, it's, it's funny because even though we've been, you know, downplaying our experience, we're both not newbies to the world of kink. I right. mean, maybe not as much as people who do it like a lot, but I just got out of a five year, very intense BDSM you know, mistress slave relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, that which was 24 seven, which is. 
<laughs> I was the submissive. I was uh, a slave. I know. I'm kidding. And, I don't know if you were the mistress you know, or, the, or the slave, but go ahead. <laughs> and, you know, it's, it's, it, was, it was an interesting. I'm not going to go too much in my personal life, but, I mean, you know, that's not something that a lot of people can handle, and it was pretty intense for, like, you know, the five years or so. And I know you've done quite a bit, so, well, you know, yeah, but I mean, um, you're right. It's like, yeah. you know, we always err on the side of um, introductory and basics, mm-hmm. Uh, part of it because we don't do a lot of intense play personally. I mean, things mm-hmm. like right. you know blood and, and you know yeah, that kind of stuff. But also and all that stuff, right? yeah. high impact. Um, like when we do it, uh, the story you were telling was was perfect, and I'm so glad you brought that up because we did one class we, and we labeled it kit torture, which mm-hmm. now we've realized was probably a mistake because a lot of people thought it was going to be more intense than it was. I mean, right. since we've changed the title of the class to breast play. Um, but yeah, people were like, why didn't you use like needles or compression or all this kind of stuff? And, um, you know, we both looked at them like, well, this is an introductory class. We're not doing that. <laughs> yeah. And it just, it's just not, I, I don't, I don't, I don't, well, you know, look again, we, what do we say always in a class? This is not something we do, but you know, not necessarily mm-hmm. what we were into, but if you're into it, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Right. But always play mm-hmm. safe. But, but I just noticed the last time it seemed to me and I could be wrong. But from that, those criticisms and from what I saw in the dungeons as well and what I heard buzzing, and this is about a year ago we went to this convention, and correct me if you didn't find the same thing, but um, it seemed to be getting a little bit more hardcore with stuff, mm-hmm. upping the ante mm-hmm. a bit. Would you, would you agree? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, not to sell out the cranky old man, get off my lawn, your music is just noise. Right. Um, kids these days, right. you know, it's like, you know, um, you know, it's like, you know, I mean, you start yelling at clouds in a second. But, right. you know, it's, I mean, I, first of all, let me, let me backpedal and say that we love the scene. The people in the scene are pretty much like more than like a lot of other communities we have experienced with a Absolutely. pretty polite, nice, generous, Absolutely. respectful, you know, great bunch of people. I mean, if you're a new person and you're, you're worried about the scene, Go to a convention, go to a class, go to a munch, and you will be so warmly welcomed. Absolutely. Uh, we can't guarantee that, but not pretty much the majority of the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's why I kind of love the BDSM world, even though I've done a lot of it. But I just like the people. They're just, right. you know, usually very helpful, you know, non judgmental. Yes, people sometimes make mistakes. And by the way, if we make a mistake, you know, in, you know, whatever, please call us on it. Just send us a message, and yeah. we'll, we're trying to be as respectful as possible. Um, that's one thing about doing a live broadcast. You can't like go back and edit something you stupidly said. Um, but but you're completely right, Ralphie. I mean, it's like, there is this kind of undercurrent to the scene sometimes, which is the term for the BDSM world, Mm -hmm. that it's only kinky if it's intense. Mm -hmm. And it kind of breathes this, you know, I'm more intense than you are kind of status symbol, which exactly. I don't think is really all that a good idea. No, exactly. Um, I totally but, agree. I totally agree. Yeah. And, and, and we, I mean, it's like we've been just, you sorry, go ahead. No, I was just thinking about the, you know what the, um, we've seen a lot of these like people, the splinter groups, people like, well, I'm in this house of this and I'm this and this and, you know, and these are the rules here. And, you know, it was a lot of that kind of stifling stuff I found. Didn't you find that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. And it's, it's funny because when you look at some of these, events um now once again they're all different so we can't say all of them are like this but right. some of the ones we've gone to um you look at the like the calendar of uh classes mm-hmm. and they're starting to slide a little bit more towards the intense and less towards the introductory and yeah. Yeah. that's perfectly fine some conventions are more intense they're kind of designed right. that way right. other ones it's like you know this is kind of a general audience kink thing and you're talking about some really kind of really 
risky kind of things as opposed to like, here's the basics of why bondage is dangerous or here's mm-hmm. how to, you know, play with clothespins without really hurting somebody or blah, 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 blah. So, yeah, I mean, it's like, I think it's getting better because so I know about you, but I've been writing a lot of introductory articles for various sites and there seems to be a lot more interest in like ASICs and, you know, trying to get the word out because Kink's kind of losing a little bit of its dark world, you know, um, what do you want to call it? It's, it's dark world mystique well, because tab- more people are, are yeah. talking about it. Sorry? Well, the, I think the taboo nature of it has, has, is waning a bit, but, you know, mm-hmm. I, I think that that's maybe due to the fact, you know, of the book we don't like to mention, but... Um, you know, Fifty Shades. Real, <laughs> the book I mean, we shall not name. The book that shall not be named. But you know, Fifty Shades definitely brought brought it into the mainstream. Mm-hmm. Like, like I don't know anything ever before. Mm-hmm. And uh, oh god, that book. Oh, right, that but book. but you know, oh, but all of a sudden, a whole bunch of people are you know what do they call it, mommy porn, right? That's what they were calling it for a long time. Mm-hmm. But all of a sudden, mm-hmm. you got a bunch of suburbanites thinking about that whole dynamic. But you know, mm-hmm. we've said we've said a million times, what's going on behind your neighbor's front door? You you would be mm-hmm. whole you would be completely surprised what the person next door has been doing their whole lives and their sex lives or they want to do or they're stepping out to do but mm-hmm. I think that's what mm-hmm. happened Chris maybe with that that book mm-hmm. opened the world up so mm-hmm. it becomes more normalized you know exactly I agree and a lot of sexologists a lot of writers not just us mm-hmm. are kind of like stepping out from the shadow and instead of doing the black leather meet in a dungeon right. we're talking about like using kink as a way of gender expression about you know dropping the roles and just simply rolling with it about yeah. you know adding in all kinds of different levels of sex play adding humor and color which i think is wonderful yeah, um you know there's this whole like you know subset of kink that i think is like fantastic where people are just like eh, we're not going to do leather or master slave we're just going to you know wear our tutus and you know have a blast and i think yeah. that's that's kind of cool i mean not to disparage the hardcore stuff but oh, i like funny. the fact we have their options now um uh, which is always fun yeah and i, I and, and allows more for you know and because if anything if you you said the word before and i wanted to jump on it a little bit so you can explain it because you explain it very well but polyamory seems to be on the rise more than anything i've seen lately oh, yeah and what absolutely. Let's de- absolutely why don't you define that first and then we can talk about why you think that is okay uh really quickly um polyamory it's it's funny because polyamory is one of those words that is kind of slippery uh, because, I mean, the, the essence is simple. It's basically being in a relationship with more than one person. Okay. Um, a sexual that's, relationship? That's the nature. Does it have to be sexual? Yeah, it, could, it can be sexual or it can be emotional. Okay. Or a combination of both. Okay. That's the thing, you see. There isn't like, you know, there isn't like a polyamory association of the world that sets the guidelines yes. and says, no, this is polyamory. What is it? It's really, some people use polyamory. Some people use open marriage. Some people use non-monogamous. Mm-hmm. You know, some people just don't have a word for it, and it just is part of their, their life. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of slippery. So, you know, I kind of like, oh, it's kind of raise one eyebrow when someone says, no, no, you're not doing this, you're doing that. It's like, seriously, there's no rule. I mean, right. you can call it whatever you want, yeah, really. Who defies um, it, right? Absolutely, absolutely. Exactly. I mean, there's there's not like, a, you know, a group of, a triad of, you know, of people wandering around with dark sunglasses and suits saying, yes, we're from the Polyamory Commission, and yeah, we've noticed right. you're using the term right. wrong. It's like, nah. Exactly, um, exactly. So it really kind of varies. I mean, some people have written about how, like, this is that, and this is this, but I don't pay attention. But you're right; it actually getting it's getting very quite popular. I think the last number I heard was 
as many as 20 percent or maybe it was around like 12 percent have, you know, you know, basically, you know, been being in a non-monogamous relationship. Mm -hmm. I think it's really quite cool. It's becoming quite, you know, quite popular. I mean, just go on social media and type in polyamory. It's like, oh, my God. Yeah, I give a shout out to uh, I interviewed a guy this week uh, that runs um, hashtag open, which is a which is a dating app uh, and community for polyamory. And uh, cool. it just seems to be if one word I hear more than more than others and with with our writing and the communities we're in is mm-hmm. polyamory. I must hear that word almost every day now. And I was what, what do you what do you think it's on the rise or do you think it always was there? It just was was hidden. Do you think there's a reason it's on the rise? Is there a soci- sociological reason? Um, I don't know. I'm not an expert. Right. Uh, I play one on TV. Right. Um, you know, it's like, you know, you know, Dr. Polyamory, MD. Right. Um, <laughs> yes, nurse, other nurse, other nurse. Uh, no, anyway. <laughs> nurse, nurse, and doctor. <laughs> and let's play doctor. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so what So what do you think? Do you? I mean, if it's if it is, if we can agree that maybe it is on the rise, what would be the reason? I, I, I'm sorry. I'm just totally lost in the fantasy of Dr. Polly Amory. Right, I, mean, I, so, like, I know the white, uni- <laughs> the white uniform, the squishy shoes gets to you, but, um, <laughs> that's it. That's it. That's one of my fetishes. But, um, <laughs> I don't know. Like I said, I'm not an expert. I mean, I've written a bit about it and we've taught classes, yeah. both of us, and I've been in polyamorous relationships. Um, just don't quote me on this. I don't want to hear this show up on social media saying, you know, M. Christian claims that, you know, yeah. it's like that kind of thing. I mean, is this comes with the, this comes with a warning label at the bottom of the bottle. It's like, right. you know, Results may vary. It may cause your kid to, to start tap, tank, tap dancing. You know, you know, right. spinal disruption. Um, I don't. I mean, if I was gonna, if I got pinned to the wall, I think I'd say that one, it's visibility because because more people are coming out yeah. and mm-hmm. talking about polyamory. More people are going like, "Hey, I want to give that a shot," or "I've always wanted to do that." And it's also like kink of how losing its stigma. It used to be kind of like, "Kind of, you don't talk about it." Mm-hmm. Now it's like, <laughs> you know, it's like. I think even like some social media platforms even have an option when you put down a relationship to have polyamorous relationships. I know mm-hmm. OkCupid does it. Right, um, right. So I think it's becoming more acceptable. Uh, I also think it's like, it's one of those things too. It's like, you know, it's kind of like kink. It's like, it's not for everyone. And, you know, if it works, fantastic. But if it doesn't, welcome to the crowd. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. like I said, it's not for everyone. Yeah. Um, but I think it's actually kind of cool because it gives more people options. And that's what I love about this. I mean, it used to be you only had the option of marriage. And then we had the option of living together but not getting married. And then we had, you know, experiments, particularly in the 60s and 70s, with, you know, group marriages. And now it's cool. It's like you can be, you know, you can be with one person, you can be with two people, you can be with three, you can be with as many as you want. Right, right. And I think it's really kind of cool. Yeah, and I, you know, look, and it's like everything else, and we know this from from what we write, and we warn people about this all the time. Uh, sometimes you jump into something, and it works wonderfully for you, and you expand mm-hmm. it into another parameter, and it, it becomes this whole thing. And other times you jump into mm-hmm. something, and one partner is not so game for it, and the other one is, mm-hmm. or you jump into something, and you're like, eh, this is not what we thought it was going to be. So mm-hmm. making your your fantasies kinks a reality. It's also a good thing to to uh, proceed with caution, 
because um, especially if you have a partner, uh, you go and do them by yourself. Mm -hmm. It's different. You know, you go out searching for by yourself. You could say, oh, that didn't work for me. I really like the chocolate sauce, but mm -hmm. keep the paddles, you know. But I mean, <laughs> you know, but it, it also but if you're with a partner, it becomes something where you have to be. That's another thing we have to talk about in polyamory, especially um, mm -hmm. the minute you, you get another partner involved, you have to be conscious of the other partner because we talk about jealousy in those mm -hmm. situations all the time. And I think you wrote mm -hmm. about it in, in our, our upcoming book. Uh, you wrote about something yep. about jealousy, about poly, jealousy mm -hmm. and polyamory. You know, if you're not getting your needs met. Or, copies or, are available at your local bookstore. Please buy multiple right, copies. Right. You know, keep your authors off the street. Right. Um. <laughs> we'll be getting to that in a minute. But you know what I'm saying, Chris? You talked about jealousy and polyamory. You know, the minute another person mm -hmm. comes into it, it can, be, it can really blow it completely out of the water, you know? Mm -hmm. Oh, I completely agree. Thank you for bringing that up. I think we both... But I think we've both done polyamor at certain points. Um, yeah, when and, I was in my 20s and, you know, I had energy. I'd do it now, mm -hmm. I'd break a hip, you know? I mean... Uh, and with your, your hippie days. Right, you know, back, I, back I, in the I hippie days. I, yeah. I, I, I particularly yeah. miss the love beads and, you know, the, the flowered shirt. I have to tell you that. Well, um, and the love beads but, are nice um, when you can you can convert them to anal beads at the same time, you know? There you go. There you go. There you go. Exactly. But, exactly. but yeah, I mean, I think... Improv improvisation. <laughs> right, right. But I think... I, but you always... But you, you, you wrote very eloquently, as you always do, about something oh, about something you. jealousy with polyamory. And mm -hmm. I, I don't know if you can paraphrase that for me now, but do you remember the, in, you said something about if you're not getting your needs met as far as you're not getting heard with what you were jealous about, you're going to have a, you know, that's going to cause a problem. Do you remember that? Yes. Yes. Okay. But you don't remember what you wrote. <laughs> I love that. Yes. I'm sorry. I wanted, I wanted, to, be, I wanted to be the, the, the asshole interviewing. Right. Okay. Uh, yes. I wrote that, but I'm not going to talk about it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> So you claim to have done this. What's your answer? Yes. Yes. Uh, <laughs> oh, I'm, I, I'm so flattered, Robbie. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's like, again, we're not experts, and there's plenty of people these days. In fact, it's wonderful how many people are out there writing about polyamory. I mean, it's, it's, it's phenomenal. There used to be like there was like four sacred tomes of non-monogamy, and you cherish them because these people are actually talking about it. Now yeah. it's like everybody's talking about polyamory. Um, and so, once again, I'm not a therapist. I'm not, you know, I, I only have experience writing about it, and I only have experience doing it myself. Mm -hmm. um, but once again, you know, your mileage may vary. Um, I've always thought that jealousy is something, unfortunately, in a polyamorous relationship. A lot of people don't. They think it's bad. And, yes, it can be if, if it's taken to extremes and it starts to affect, you know, the, the people involved. But it's also kind of human nature. I mean, it's not a valid emotion. It's an emotion. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it can come, I mean, it, it comes from all kinds of different sources. And, you know, it could come from insecurity. It could come from fear. It could from, you know, fearing of losing the, 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 the dynamic that you already built up in a relationship. There's all kinds of different things. Mm -hmm. I mean, the only time I think, once again, it's bad is when it's, it's kind of like any kind of addiction, once you get some, gets in the way of the relationship or you yeah. can't work and all that kind of stuff. Right. Um, but, you know, it's like, I mean, the one thing about, we'll, we'll move on maybe here in a second, but, you know, um, the one thing about polyamory, I think one of the important things is communication. Mm -hmm. And people, you hear them everywhere. I mean, the first line of every book ever written, I think, about polyamory starts with, it all about communication. Yeah. But it's not just communication with your partner. It's communication with yourself. So, you know, if you're feeling jealous, you know, it's a perfectly human emotion. But instead of just saying, I'm jealous, try to understand why you're jealous. Mm -hmm. What's pushing your buttons? You know, why? It's not the dishes. That's something you fight over when you're not really fighting over them. Yeah. You know, it's sometimes not even things like spending time with another person. It's like... 
you know, you did something that we, you said we only would do together or, you know, all these kind of things. And if you're open about that, you can probably work through it, you know, and just not no guarantee because sometimes it just doesn't work. But yeah. yeah, I think it's like, it's, it's, it's one thing is don't feel shame about it. I mean, it's a, not a shameful thing to feel jealous. It's yeah. just human emotion. No, I agree. And I think what you're saying about, you know, in general, we, we, we wrote this over and over in the book that's coming out soon and you'll be mm-hmm. available at your bookstores and uh, for four, four, five, four, <laughs> four, four, four 99, whatever it is. Um, but the, in the book, we write, Every chapter is about some sort of aspect of sex, whether it's a kink or right. you know, or quote unquote vanilla sex. But mm-hmm. we we top of the top of the 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 paragraph every time is talk about this, communicate, right? Mm-hmm. So with your your yep. polyamory relationship, you're in a relationship with someone you're working with, whatever the relationship is, it's it, you have to communicate. Mm-hmm. And I the point well well taken. Also, what you just said was about being self aware. Being emotionally self-aware yep. of what what's going on with your in your head mm-hmm. is always a good idea because mm-hmm. then the more aware of that you are, the better you're going to be going into any kind of relationship. It doesn't matter what it is. Mm-hmm. You know? But um, and that's you know, know it's, it's like, sorry to interrupt you, Ralphie, no, but no. I also want to compliment you because that's really wise, and I think also that it also kind of dovetails with our first talking about you know professional and you know not burning your bridges. Yeah. It's you know it's easy to you know react spontaneously and then do something dumb. Yeah. Um, and another to sort of think back and think, you know, it's like, you know, like this could be sex. It could be a working relationship. It's like trying to really get to understand why you feel this way, mm-hmm. you know, and, you know, and using, I don't not to sound like a fortune cookie, but using it as a learning experience. Yeah. Um, because sometimes it's like, I know I'll get a rejection and to this day, and I know you do too. And it really hits hard. And yeah, absolutely. it's easy to think it's like, you know, you either feel like you did something wrong or they're an idiot, which is more common than not. Uh, yeah, they're usually the idiot. Yeah, it's not us, Chris. <laughs> yep, exactly. Completely. They're in the wrong. They're absolutely horrible people. Yeah, absolutely. and how can they not you know, realize you know, how wonderful and special we were, you know? Exactly. Um, I mean, our genius just radiates. It just radiates. I mean, how can they be blind? I, 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 it's so much, Chris, that I'm wearing sunglasses right now. I just can't exactly, handle it. Exactly, you know, exactly. Um, what was I that? routinely just look at a mirror and bask in my own glory. I mean, it's it's great for the suntan. What was the uh, what was the, the glasses in uh, in uh, Hitchhiker's Guide? Remember the the, the sunglasses he put on in Hitchhiker's oh, yes, Guide yes. when when uh, oh. when um, a danger would come, he put on the sunglasses, and they would immediately go dark so he couldn't see the danger. Exactly. Yeah, yeah it was great. good old Douglas Adams. Um, yeah, I, I just think it's one of those things where you just a little bit of maturity because. We said this before, and I have a constant um, kind of like interplay with the the people that I'm sitting here with at the moment. They believe wholeheartedly in social media and, and uh, you know and its benefits, and I think they're right in some ways and wrong in others. But anyway, but the point is, because of social media and because you can tweet and twat something so quickly, um, you can go off in a way you, maybe you shouldn't if you don't if you don't take a breath, right? And you don't count. What well, your mommy always said: count to ten, right? But Mm-hmm. You can react in this world. It's so easy to react, and mm-hmm. unfortunately, that doesn't serve you so well sometimes because there's a whole mm-hmm. host of people out there who could see you. Re- and you know, we see this across the board every single day. Either a celebrity or a politician or any, somebody or some talking mm-hmm. head says something that they have to retract about. Mm-hmm. Right? It happens constantly. Mm-hmm. And you know, mm-hmm. I think that if you just have a little bit of awareness of your self awareness. And you could take some time and just relax, then 
you know, you give yourself a little breath and then that way you can not only mm -hmm. determine what you feel, you know, how you feel about something or you can as mm -hmm. much think, okay, how do I feel about this? As much as don't start to go down a road where you're going to make enemies or have to retract mm -hmm. or, you know, get yourself in mm -hmm. trouble that you normally wouldn't feel anyway, just cause you're a little pissed off, mm -hmm. you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, I have a, I have a friend and yes, I have other friends, probably not the only person. How I is that possible? To, he really is. <laughs> How is that um, possible? You have other friends than me. I can't believe it. Yeah. This, this friend who may or may not be uh, actually a product of my imagination. Okay. Um, <laughs> well, that happens often with you, but go ahead. <laughs> Hang on. He was talking to me. I had uh, said it again. Okay. Um, uh, said that you should never put anything on the internet or social media. You don't want the world to know. That was very wise. And the same way it's like, you know, like you just said perfectly is, you know, and again, I'm basking in your glory is don't, don't think before posting or think before sharing. And, you know, I've, I've seen so many times that I really kind of feel embarrassed with a person. Well, they'll dish a publisher or an editor. It's like, you know, that's, that's just dumb. I mean, you're just going to like one. I mean, what publisher is going to want to work with somebody who is cranky online? I mean, mm -hmm. it's one thing to be cranky in an email. You can deal right. with that. Right. But, you know, to post something on Twitter saying, I don't want to work with these people or, you know, this is not the cover I wanted or the copying could have been better. It's like, um, guys, you know, publishers are they read this stuff. And yeah. if you're too much of a pain, they don't want to work with you. Right. You know, it's right. like it's that simple. I mean, like you said perfectly, Robbie, it's like the cold hard fact about being frankly, any kind of creative thing from music to stage to whatever, there's always someone behind you no who, is, who is less of a pain to work with. Right, yeah, <laughs> right. And they'll show up on time and they, and they have mm -hmm. a louder, a better voice or, you know what? I mean, there's always somebody, there is always somebody better. Right. And they're always mm -hmm. waiting in the wings. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're not, they're not going to be anybody better than us, Chris, but generally mm -hmm. for the oh, general yeah. public, the great unwashed, there's always somebody better. And, you mm -hmm. have to as much be ready to to fall into a situation that maybe you weren't accepted for initially, but but the the way the mm -hmm. dice fell, they want you now, and you can't be like, well, you didn't want me before, I don't want to go there now. Well, then you're going to miss mm -hmm. the opportunity, or mm -hmm. you have to be ready to, you know, within reason, find your 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 comfortable zone if they ask you to change the thing. Or, you know, mm -hmm. I mean, it's going to come, you, 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 we both come across things where we've been asked to change a piece and we, mm -hmm. we, we accommodate because we're like, well, that makes more sense. Or somebody asks mm -hmm. you to do something and you're like, well, that really doesn't work for this and it, it doesn't make sense and I, I don't want to do that. That's fine. Mm -hmm. But like you said, there's mm -hmm. always, especially in the, in the, what we, what I guess we term the creative pursuits, um, there's always somebody else ready and there's mm -hmm. always somebody else who will who will do it in a different way and will show up on time and, you know, and, mm -hmm. and the instrument will be in tune, you know, and that, like we say that all the time about mm -hmm. musicians, half, half the, half the gig is just showing up, you know I mean? That's really what yep. it's about. So yep. I think that, um, so again, we, we go back to what we started with and that's a nice way to mm -hmm. go around in this, this, this first issue of the podcast is that you, you mm -hmm. gotta be, maybe start from the basis of like Mr. Rogers said, right? Mr. Rogers, three, three yep. rules for Mr. Rogers. Be nice, mm -hmm. be nice. Be nice, mm -hmm. right? Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. And you said it perfectly. I mean, that's the one thing I think also. And you're completely right. It's like there's a thin line between standing up to yourself and being a pain in the ass. Um, absolutely. You know, absolutely. it's like pick your battles. I mean, you know, if you're dealing with a publisher, if you're dealing with a venue, and you're a musician or an actor or something, someone pick your battles. I mean, if you complain about everything, you're just going to be like you said, who's who's waiting in the wings? You know, it's mm -hmm. like. 
you know, if you're too much work, then they're not going to work with you anymore. Because frankly, unless you're a huge star who can be as much of an asshole, you know, there's a language break, um, as you want, because you make so much money for them, you can do whatever you want. But even then, I mean, I've talked to more than one uh, publisher who mentions like one of their best-selling authors, I'm not going to name any names, mm-hmm. who's a complete nightmare to work with. And while they do whatever pretty much this person wants because they're paying the rent, um, they're also looking around trying to find someone to replace them yeah, because they don't want to deal with this anymore. Them. So yeah. even that person can be replaced if they find somebody, you know. So, But, yeah, it's like with the editing, and you, you and I both talk about this all the time. You know, when an editor comes back with a story or a book or a, uh, an article and they want to change something, 99.9 times it's like, sure, go ahead, whatever. You know, yeah, it's yeah. like if you want to change it, I'll change it. If you want, you know, if you want to change my title and, you know, take out half the article, go ahead, it's yours. I mean – you know, it's, I'm, you know, articles are kind of like ephemeral and, you know, sometimes the editors make the story good. And if not, then that's when you stand up for yourself. Right. But I mean, I, I mean, not when you stand up for yourself, it sounds like you're being a pushover, but you know what I mean? That's when no, you absolutely. call your I mean, battle. Look, we're, we're, we're right now, as we, as we put this podcast down, we have a book pending. We, we, it, we saw mm-hmm. the copywriter, um, our, our pub, our wonderful publisher is going to publish the book. We know that mm-hmm. already. And the book yep. we've been talking about and, uh, but she sent it to a copywriter who, and there are nips and tucks to be made. And mm-hmm. we, I don't know, well, I, I haven't seen them yet, so I don't even know what they are. I have it here. But I trust our publisher, and uh, we mm-hmm. will make those nips and tucks as we, you know, as it, as it befits us mm-hmm. to do. Um, but, mm-hmm. you know, you have to be open to that. I mean, you know, you were talking about the playwriting before. You know, the problem with the playwriting is that the minute I come into a situation where a director wants it and a producer wants it and there's actors involved, you know, Mm-hmm. That's a collaborative effort. I, I, you know, it's out of my hands. I mean, I could, I could be one of those writers and say you can't change a word, you know, which is absolutely mm-hmm. ridiculous. Because a, I'm not in that position to even think something like that, nor would I. But mm-hmm. secondly, I, I signed up knowing it's a collaborative effort, right? And I know that the directors and the actors do things that I don't know how to do. So if they need changes made, mm-hmm. it's because they're trying to make it good for them you know why would i want to mm-hmm. get in the way and then and it's the same is true like of an editor or even even your boss you know you're digging a ditch and they're like you know what this would go a lot smoother if you dug it this way because i've been doing digging digging ditches for 30 years maybe mm-hmm. you should you know, give it a little mm-hmm. listen you know because it's just this unless unless you get exceedingly lucky to make something or to be involved in something where your singular vision makes you immense amounts of money and you know prestige mm-hmm. You really can't throw your weight around. You really can't. You know. Mm-hmm. I mean, and again, you can, but then nobody wants to work with you, and you never get to that point anyway. You know. So. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, absolutely, absolutely. I can't agree with you more, Rob. You're going to hear this a lot, by the way, in the show. Well, because I'm, dis- I'm wonderful, Chris. Lot, That's just the way it is. You know, you agree with me, and I agree you're with you. Right. <laughs> and, I mean, I love editors. First of all, they, they don't make they make the uh, first of all for I, the first of all when you're a writer or probably a musician as well. It's like you cannot hear or read your own work clearly. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you can to a certain extent if you do it over and over and over and over and over again. But still half the time you you think you're hearing something but it's not actually there because mm-hmm. your mind fills in the gaps. Yeah. That's why I love copy editors. It's like, you know, they'll say, uh, by the way, uh, the character ordered pizza and Chinese food arrived later on. It's like, <laughs> right, I didn't right. see that. You know, right, like, I'm yeah. blind. And that, right. believe me, that actually happened in one of my stories. Um, or, you know, one thing that happens in nonfiction is you know, when you produce a lot of it, you have to actually repeat yourself. That's and true. I love editors when they call me on it saying, uh, you've used this word like five times in the last five articles. It's like, okay, I got it. You know, but I like hearing that because, you know, it's it's challenging to like 
you know, keep yourself fresh and interesting and so forth. And if I kept insisting to keep it as it is, I'd look like an idiot when it's published or less of an idiot. Um, but, you know, you're completely right. It's like, you know, it's, you know, work with people. And that's the thing, you know, about anything for that matter. Again, it's like you want to work with people, not against them. Yeah, uh, I still I have a quick horror story for you. Um, this is like my perfect example of this. It's like a very long time ago. I'm not naming names. I was taking a writing class from a fairly famous writer. Mm-hmm. And he was one of those people, it's like, I don't want to disparage, you know, him necessarily, but he achieved a certain amount of success so he could sit on his high horse and tell people what they should be doing right. as opposed to being in the trenches where, you know, you're trying to get your first work published or something similar. Mm-hmm. And he had been emphasizing, never compromise, never compromise. And this dear lady who was a Holocaust survivor had written a memoir and she submitted it to the Atlantic. Okay. And the Atlantic agreed to publish this. Wow. And she heavy. turned them down because they wanted edits. Yeah, see, that's just that's just crazy. Cause... All because this guy had said never compromise. Right, it's gave like, her the, I wanted, the wrong advice. I just want to strangle him. It's like, right. I mean, first of all, it's the Atlantic. I mean, right. this is a huge, prestigious publication. And it's like, why would you plant the seed in this person's head? I mean, who knows? Maybe the edits make it better. I mean, right. they have a good reason for it. I mean, there's, you know, it's like, you know, it's perfectly fine when you're a millionaire and you don't care what people think. But it's another thing when you're in the trenches trying to get your career started or even keep it going. Right. But anyway. No, you're right. And I, I think it it just behooves us all to, you know, to you don't have to take the advice. At least listen to the advice. You know, I mean, oh, yeah. you know, you go with a slip on the cock ring, Chris, and your partner says, do it, move it around this way. You're going to try it that way. Right. That's the least exactly. you could do, right? I mean, because um, I have I've, only we could put a conquering metaphor in a, a time. <laughs> got it, Chris. When it all comes down to it, it all comes down to conquerings, as far as I'm concerned. Isn't that yeah, a song? Exactly. Muscles and conquerings. Yeah, there's just something. There's a. It's just you know. That's you know. Just what do you what do you get? You know, what do you get for Christmas? You know. I, but I mean, I mm-hmm. think what it comes down to is you, it, it's it's nice to it's just nice to be nice. And that's what I think mm-hmm. this first podcast will be about. It's just nice mm-hmm. to be nice. And uh, mm-hmm. in this maiden voyage, we wanted to give you a little bit what we were about, how mm-hmm. we met, what the podcast is going to be about. Um, we're not exactly mm-hmm. sure, though, day to day. I mean, we have a kind of an outline, but things will change. Because and eventually we're going to have call-in guests, I think, right? We're going to try call-in guests, yeah. I mean, um, eventually we'll get there, um, and we'll we'll – this all will be linked up to all the stuff we, we do, you know, um, the books mm-hmm. and the audio books and the, mm-hmm. the, uh, the websites and all that kind of stuff, YouTube mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. I'm getting a little of uh, hold on. I'm getting a message here. Uh, okay. So just to let you know what you've been listening to, this is licking non vanilla because uh, we mm-hmm. will also have that. You'll be able to go to find that on a, on the on the interweb, as those, as the kids say. Um, <laughs> and then we'll you know we'll get it all. We'll tweet and twat and all that kind of stuff, right? And you know, all the social media mm-hmm. stuff that you kids you kids today do. And uh, mm-hmm. but this was this has been a, of course every time we get together and talk, it's always fun. And uh, oh, absolutely, we'll do more of it. But this is the first one. This is the first. This is the prime. This is the premier licking non vanilla. We hope you had a lot of fun. And uh, we hope we, we got some uh, we got into some cool subjects, and we'll get into some. And we'll see you next time. We're having a blast. I hope we you will, do absolutely, too. absolutely. All right, we're signing off here. <laughs> and visit us on the web at www.lickingnonvanilla.com. <laughs>